The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show today Matt Kahn, who I met down in San Francisco at the Science and Non-Duality Conference just before Christmas in November. And I went to a workshop that uh, Matt led, and as soon as I heard him speak, I knew I wanted him to be on the show to bring forward the really, really important uh, insights that he has in terms of what is happening in the world today and how we can uh, enjoy this, this ride. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We've got some unusual snow up in the Pacific Northwest today. We're all locked up inside enjoying the warmth. Yeah, I am I'm enjoying the snow. It's beautiful. It's like living inside a snow globe. <laughs> So, Matt, I'd love you to begin by telling our listeners a little bit about how this all started for you, because I know it was at a very young age. Yeah, as a matter of fact, my first experience was when I was six. I was walking to a friend's house, and between my property and theirs was like a two-foot-high brick wall. And I remember just the brick wall catching my attention, and in that moment I stopped and just stared at it. And in that moment I had this realization that I wasn't the wall I was looking at, I wasn't the person looking at the wall. I was actually the space between it. And at that age, it really didn't mean anything to me because I hadn't, I hadn't experienced much of life to kind of know that that meant anything. And I just had that experience to move on and went to my friend's house to play video games. But, but that was, for me, the first experience of an opening to understanding that there's certainly a lot more to what's going on than just the appearances that we see. And then when I was eight years old, I had an out-of-body experience which I thought at the time was a dream where I found myself in, in what I can only describe as the most vivid and beautiful garden I've ever experienced, where, where the colors were so bright that it was, they, they were just emanating this, this hue of unconditional love. And at that age, when I was growing up as a child in the 80s, um, there was a lot of campaigning of don't talk to strangers or you know a lot of this fear of um, children being uh, abducted. And I remember as a child that was one of my biggest fears. And so at the time, when I was in the garden, I remembered the thought I had was, I should be scared because I don't know where I am, but I'm not. And I remember feeling how unusual it was for me to be somewhere I didn't know where I was and to be completely not scared. 
In fact, I felt held and embraced on a level of love that I had never known in my entire life. I mean, it just felt like the most enormous, most uncompromising love I'd ever experienced. And as I was walking through the garden, I noticed that there was a field of waist-high flowers, and so I felt what it was like to kind of move my body through this field of waist-high flowers. And then I noticed that as I could feel what it's like to move through them, I was simultaneously hovering above them. And I noticed that experience was pretty interesting, but it's almost as if the love was so extraordinary, it it didn't need to be understood. And as I was hovering above these fields of waist-high flowers, there was another being hovering above them as well in a white shroud with dark hair and a beard motioning me towards him. And as I, I was just kind of frozen in awe, and I started to float towards this being that as I got probably about 10 feet away from, I could see that the eyes were just glowing this pure white light. And I remember that when that happened, my thought as an 8-year-old was thinking about people in those scary horror films when they kind of roll their eyes up in the back of their head and it looks all white. <laughs> you know, because, of course, in the most transcendent, miraculous experience, we want to think about things like that. So I thought about that random thought, and when that happened, I immediately fell through the garden, fell through the sky, and back into my body, which was about the moment I realized that I had left it. And then out of the corner of my eye, in the, in the doorway of my bedroom, I saw the same figure, but almost kind of out of this misty white, what I now know to be etheric energy, motioning me towards them. And then I looked, and the figure disappeared. And it was from that moment that experience and of course the next day I told my parents and it turned out that my father had had the almost exact same experience that I had 35 years before I did and it was after that experience where I began to walk in my life as an eight-year-old and I could feel and I can see out of out of my peripheral vision I can see these beings walking with me kind of made out of this white etheric energy <clears throat> and I was started to be able to know things like I would know that they were my guides but then someone would ask me, well, what's a guide? And I would say, well, I don't know, I'm eight. And so I started to kind of have this knowing that I couldn't understand. At the same time, there were other things I didn't know that I know I would kind of know somewhere down the road. And it led me towards this journey to where I would, at 18, eventually start speaking and interacting with angels and ascended masters, you know, while sitting in the bedroom of my parents' house in my, in my bedroom. And every day I'd meet a new archangel and ascended master, who I could speak with as clearly as I'm speaking with you, who I could see and feel just as I can see and feel any other person in the world. And every day I was taught something new about consciousness. And in doing so, it was also training my intuitive abilities of seeing, hearing, and feeling to be able to tune into these frequencies, which I didn't know at the time, would now be later used to help to awaken the consciousness in every being and to help every, every being who is participating in the ascension of Earth, to be able to fully embody and radiate their soul's absolute potential, which is what I seem to be doing right now. <laughs> and thank you for doing that. It's wonderful. My pleasure. I, I, I guess it's really hard to understand or experience what it was like for you as an eight-year-old to have that experience um, and how that fitted into your life. It was, um, and obviously your dad had had an experience too, so did he help you understand this or did you go on your own journey? I was, I was on my own journey. It wasn't like he couldn't help me. He told me I had the same experience, and there was a sense of me. There was a sense of no. See, with, within my own experience, one of the things I've always noticed is there's always been a sense of knowing within me. Even from a young child, I knew that there was a knowing, 
but I didn't necessarily have a value for the knowing because there was nothing in me but that knowing. And so I think that what happens is there's a certain level of value we place on the knowing, especially if we've grown up in a world where there is something other than that knowing. So by comparison, that knowing seems to be very valuable, which is why people are seeking it and trying to earn it or trying to do every spiritual practice to kind of cultivate it. When for me, there was really nothing but the knowing. So although I was having very extraordinary experiences, everything felt so natural. So it was as natural as I'm talking to you right now. It would only become something abnormal when I'd share it with someone, and they would reflect back to me how their experiences don't necessarily match what I was experiencing. And I remember throughout my whole life, even from a very young age, I could never reconcile the fact or accept the fact that, like, oh, I'm just one of those people that has extraordinary experiences. What was always true for me is that there was always this, like, burning fire inside of me. And the burning fire was always, if I have these abilities that supposedly other people don't, then I have to do everything that I can to help other people to have these experiences because I cannot comfortably live with myself having the type of experiences that other people don't believe they're having. And that's literally always the feeling I've always had of, you know, what can I do to help other people have these experiences? Because I can't just sit here and accept the fact that I'm having these natural experiences in a world where other people tell me it's not happening or they're not having it. And so my, my, my intention has always been I'm just interested in opening whatever door needs to be opened so that the world can experience what seems so natural for me. Thank you, Matt. And you just mentioned, you mentioned in, in passing there, uh, you, you mentioned the word ascension. Yes. Could you explain to our listeners what you mean by that? So ascension on an individual level, because then we can talk about it on a collective level, because the collective level is really what people are talking about with 2012. But the individual aspect of ascension is more so of the experience of awakening. And it is first when we start to open the door to realization, we start to experience ourselves beyond the identification of thoughts, body. We start to experience ourselves beyond the attachment to memory. And we start to actually start to see that in our experience in every moment, there is a reality that's not bound by ideas of mind or attachment to memory or even identifications to behaviors or projections of the future or memories of the past that there is an ever-present reality within us that has never been tainted or obstructed by anything we remember experiencing. Much like going to the movie theater, you will see lots of things projected onto the screen, but neither the screen in which the movie is playing nor the witnesses in the theater will be touched by anything that the screen suggests. And so as we open the door to realization, we start to realize our true nature we start to reside in our natural state of simply being aware. And as we do that, we start to open the door to transformation. And in the path of transformation, we start to attract experiences into our life that guarantee the reminder of thoughts or the repetition of emotional reactions that shows us what attachments and identifications haven't been released out of the memories of the cells. And as we allow ourselves to feel, knowing that what we're feeling is actually what's healing and being released, we empty out and purge the cellular memory out of the body. And as we continuously do this 
for a certain period of time, we're actually emptying out the body of all these old cellular memories so that the body can be an open vessel and a clear space for which the light of this awareness, or what we would say the light of the soul, to consciously shine through in full embodiment. The full embodiment of the soul's pure potential in a body that has been released of all these cellular memories could be referred to as Christhood, but Christhood is another name for ascension. And so on an individual level, it is the awakening of consciousness and the full embodiment of our soul's potential that celebrates the reality of ascension or Christhood, which we're at a period of time right now in history to where it's not just going to be about the Buddhas and the Jesuses and the Lao Tzu's and all these other people that throughout history have, awoke, have woken up on an individual level only to foreshadow what would actually be an awakening that would be happening on a collective level within all hearts, within all lifetimes. And now we're actually at an extraordinary time in history where it's not just about the special few who are waking up, but it's about those who have woken up We're just foreshadowing the waking up that is actually now happening in all hearts, in all lifetimes, during a period of time where the Earth is evolving to a fifth-dimensional frequency to where instead of having a planet where we have these individual awakened beings living amongst a world of beings lost in a reality of denial, now we have Earth evolving to a fifth dimensional frequency to where now the, the awakening of individual consciousness can actually manifest into a collective awakening that occurs on a planetary level and a societal level so we can actually live in an awakened environment that matches how awake the soul's reality already is and fulfills the destiny of what all lifetimes have prepared this planet to experience. Matt, we're actually coming up to our first break and that's a great little spot to stop as I'm sitting here with my mouth wide open after that first little entry. Well, thank you. And we'll come back in a moment with Matt Kahn. It's Fit Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my own website, www.petertung.com 
where you'll see my, all my newsletters, all the information of what we're doing, and also all of the archived radio shows. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and the Ambassadors of Light program there. And again, some of the work that we do in, in different fields. And tomorrow evening at 5.30, Thursday, we have our Ambassadors of Light class, and I'm going to be talking there tomorrow about our Capricorn workshop, which had some really interesting revelations for us, and also talking about the Year of the Dragon that starts next week, which, again, no coincidence that the Year of the Dragon is kicking in in this year of 2012, which uh, Matt was just beginning to talk about uh, before the break. Matt, before we go back into 2012, though, I'd love to just talk a bit about the book that you are about to put out. Yes. The title, Effortless Freedom, A Timeless Dialogue of Life's Deepest Teaching. I'm really interested, uh, first of all, how how things are going with the book, and then then why the title, Effortless Freedom? Well, as as I've been put in a position where I, for quite a while, I felt like it was time for a book to be written. And, every, and, and what was interesting is throughout this journey of writing a book, I was also going through tremendous amount of upgrades to, to, to the point where I would be, my energetic field would be upgraded. And I kind of compare it to a computer where a computer gets its regular live updates and downloads. And so I'd go through these downloads, I'd get all these new teachings. And then I'd think, oh, okay, this was what the book's about. But then the next day, I'd go through a totally different download and update, and then all of a sudden I'd have something else come to me. And so I was constantly going through these downloads and upgrades where my system was being completely upgraded on a daily basis. So for for a long period of time, and even now I still go through regular upgrades and downloads on an energetic basis, but there's a period of time where my whole energetic field was being completely upgraded on a daily basis, and every day was like a whole new rebirth, and the next day was a whole new rebirth, and every day was almost like a whole incarnation. And and so I finally got to a place where when I was writing, and as Effortless Freedom was being written, I started to come to a place of realizing, okay, well, this is what really needs to come out first. This is what the book wants to be. This is what book wants to be written. And as I would go through these upgrades, I would just start seeing it through different pairs of eyes and through you know a different lens and Finally, where I'm at right now is where I'm actually very happy and excited about the book because I feel like it's in a place where the book and the words in the book act as a transmission in the same way that when I speak, it's just an energetic transmission that is expressed through words. And I wanted the book to be a way of not just for me speaking about things because my greatest interest, whether I'm you know doing this wonderful radio show with you whether I've written a book or whether I'm working with people in sessions or at retreats, my interest is I want to give people the direct experiences so that they can confirm in their own experiences, in their own way, what is true in themselves. Because it's one thing to hear what someone says. It's one thing to believe what someone says. But when you can then follow that up with an experience that says, he said this, (laughs) I experienced exactly that in my own unique way, and now I know for myself. To me, there's no better way to teach than to offer people their own way to confirm this. Otherwise, we're just kind of debating ideas, and we're, we're, we're debating spiritual ideas within a space that life has offered us to actually look and confirm what's true for ourselves. And so that just seems for me like what I'm most interested in is allowing people to dive into the deepest truth, to awaken the absolute reality of their soul's potential, to fully embody 
their greatest potential and to completely awaken and return to their true multidimensional nature, but through experiences where they can know what's true versus just trust the findings of what anyone else has said or seen before. And so effortless freedom clearly has an important uh, meaning behind it. Yes. The, the meaning of effortless freedom is that, of course, freedom being the focus and pinnacle and objective of, of any spiritual path as we want to experience our own innate freedom. Um, the point of the book is pointing out that freedom is not something we attain. It's actually already our natural state of being. When we awaken, we awaken and return to our natural state of being, which is what's embodied with ascension or Christhood. So if awakening is the realization and returning to your natural state of being, which is freedom, and the only way in which we can awaken and return our natural state of being is by recognizing the only attribute that freedom contains. The only attribute within freedom is effortless. So if awakening is a returning to your natural state of effortless being, that's how I came up with effortless freedom. And why do we find it so hard to get there? Because we think there's somewhere to get. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest, we think there's somewhere to go, so we spend our life trying to pursue somewhere to go, even though we wind up never getting anywhere. And so it's kind of like in the same way that if you were at the gym and saw that you were going to be late for a flight... <laughs> and you tried to get there faster by jumping on the treadmill, and you misunderstood the treadmill for a mode of transportation. You could be on that treadmill running as fast as you can for 20 minutes, and the machine will tell you you've gone 10 miles, and you, yet you look around and you haven't taken a single step. And so in many ways, the nature of spiritual pursuit is that we are trying to get somewhere simply because we have been sold or we have been led to believe that once I get where I'm going to go, I'm going to feel however I don't feel right now, which is not only why I perceive this moment to be a deficiency, but it's what fuels my ability to run towards something called up ahead. And yet, what the purpose of this book that I wrote speaks about is that any sense of wanting, seeking, anticipating, or even maintaining will only lead to endless experiences of wanting, seeking, anticipating, and maintaining. So the book actually asks and dives into an inquiry in many ways to ask for any seeker on a spiritual path one fundamental question, which is a fundamental question that every spiritual path hopefully will ask everyone at a certain point, which is, what do you do when all seeking, wanting, anticipating, or even maintaining only leads to more seeking, wanting, anticipating, or maintaining. What do you do then? What do you do then when you realize that all of your efforts to go somewhere only leads to more going somewhere? And even when you think you have arrived, wherever you think you're going to be, notice how that invites you to try to maintain and work hard to hold on to whatever you think you've discovered. And so this, is a, this book is a way, just like you know, these teachings are a way, to really help us dive into our own true experiences, to say instead of all the seeking, wanting, anticipating, and maintaining, let's just put that aside 
and let's actually just look into the nature of our own experience. <clears throat> and let's just see what's already true right now and to see if that doesn't offer us a gateway into a reality where not only we can discover what is true that can't be wanted, that can't be sought, that can't be needed, anticipated, or maintained, but it brings us into a liberated reality where there's nothing to want, anticipate, need, or maintain. And from that space, everything is included in the reality of love and everything is embraced equally through the eyes of equality. In making that transition, yes. um, obviously people have to um, change, shift their perception, their awareness. How do, how do you support people in doing that? Well, the first step, I, I, it would be logical to say that they would have to shift their perception or awareness. I would actually say the first step is to get curious. Because you're naturally, your attention is naturally going to go wherever your curiosity resides. And so when your curiosity starts to become curious in the truth, then we start to not only, instead of trying to look past things or run past things, we actually just get more interested in investigating and exploring what's already here. So we actually <clears throat> need to start by looking at the one thing that allows curiosity to lead the exploration. And the one thing that allows curiosity to lead the exploration is heartfelt sincerity. And the interesting thing with heartfelt sincerity is that the more we seek, want, anticipate, or maintain, the more we overlook the sincerity that only invites curiosity to explore what nothing else can know. And yet, when we put aside the need to want, seek, anticipate, or maintain, all that erupts within us is the exact sincerity that is the only thing capable of seeing this journey through. So my, my first step for people is always we have to really be fully immersed <clears throat> in our own heartfelt sincerity because that's the only thing that leads this search. And then? And then once our heartfelt sincerity is ever-present and leading the way, we have to get curious into questioning how we know the truth about whatever we assume. We have to question, how do I know that the way I think things are are the way that they are? And the way we start questioning that, one simple way, I mean, there are many ways, but one simple way is to start looking at, is there a difference between the way things are seen and the way things are spoken about. Meaning it's seeing the difference between what I say and what I see. For example, you could look at a tree and you can say that that is a tree. And then, of course, what reflects back to you in your perception is everything that you believe or assume about a tree. If we were to get curious with heartfelt sincerity, we might just look at the tree. And we might just look at the tree and see does this thing I call a tree know itself as a tree? Does it call itself the tree that I call it? If it doesn't call itself a tree, then why should I call it what it doesn't call itself? In fact, what if I get so curious just by looking at a tree or any other object in front of us, what if I just relate to it exactly the way it relates to me? 
it doesn't call me anything, so I won't call it anything. And what happens when I just recognize or when you just acknowledge that when you just look, yes, seeing is occurring, but what you're seeing does not exist or is not confined by any label. It does not mind whatever, whatever label is projected. And that from the first instance that you are no longer calling something what it doesn't call itself, you're no longer just experiencing the reflection and confirmation of your own labels and assumptions and ideas. You're actually now seeing what you're seeing as it really is. Meaning you're just seeing the appearance of whatever you've labeled and interpreted it to be. And then even deeper you would ask, does this appearance know it's appearing? And if we listen and just look closely, we can see, no, it doesn't know it's appearing. It's just appearing. So the question is, what happens when I just look and I see? And I start to recognize that, number one, I already see before any need for labels and understandings have arisen. And two, I don't need labels, interpretation, meaning, and understanding in order to see what I already see. And third, we start to notice, what does it feel like in my body? Or instead of trying to always trying to understand, over-intellectualize, and wrestle between the various meanings that are only being imagined about the labels that the things I'm labeling don't know themselves to be. What happens when I just see what I see and give all my curious, heartfelt attention to just exploring what it's like to see what I see and not to assume or deny anything about what is being seen. So, Matt, we're coming up to our second break, so I'll have to pause you there. Sure. Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. I have with me today Matt Kahn, who's giving us an insight into how we can become effortless freedom. Matt, I'd, l- I'd love to hear your, your take on 
2011, because I know just from the people I, I work with that people found it a pretty challenging year. And you talk earlier in the show about 2012 and the potential wonderful opportunities that are coming up for us. So perhaps you could give us a perspective of what's happened over the last year and where we're going with this. Well, 2011 was a very interesting year. It was a year of the field being open to not only manifesting in all of our experiences, all that was there to be cleared and released, but it was basically 2011 was a year of great transition, which I know we could say about every year, but here's the analogy I'll give you. 2011 was the time for us to start, and for many it was first to start, and for many others it was just continuing what's been do- going on for many years, but it was a time to advance in a couple different directions. So 2011 was a year where if you were going to start making some large leaps in consciousness, you are probably experiencing a lot of upheaval, a lot of interesting things being manifested. It could probably even convince someone that, my God, you know, what's my luck here? But actually, the fortunate thing is that when we start to attract these kinds of experiences and have such a tumultuous year, it's just an indication that we are ready to move in a direction of great transition and transformation. And so all of the changes and transformation that happened in 2011 allow, allow us now to celebrate 2012 which for me, I see as an energy of what I call hyper-intentionality, which means the ability to manifest is happening at like record lightning speeds. So 2011 was a year to transform and to move into a new way of being, and 2012 is where we start to integrate into that new way of being to celebrate all the change and tumultuous transformation that 2011 brought into our lives, and now this becomes the payoff in terms of opening up to, now that we've cleared the space in 2011, now we can start to welcome in a reality that shows us a reality where so many more possibilities are starting to be welcomed into our conscious everyday experience. And so one of the greatest things we can do now that we're in 2012 is just be constantly open to all possibilities in every moment and to know that It's not a matter of what you try to accomplish on a spiritual journey. It's not a matter of how quickly you try to absolve yourselves of cellular memories. That it's actually more so, of course, not about your effort. It's about just your willingness, your curiosity, your heartfelt innocence to constantly be open to all possibilities, known and unknown, that you don't have to even imagine the possibilities in order to welcome them into your life. You just have to live from a space that says, in every moment, I am open to all possibilities, known and unknown, and from that space, I welcome all the possibilities into my living experience, only to manifest what is in my soul's highest interest and what serves the well-being of all awakening hearts from one moment to the next. So it's just, this is now a time of just being totally open and knowing that what you see in front of you is not the only possibility, it's just the exact perfect opportunity for you to experience whatever is going to help you make the next step in that transformation. And in living that way, I mean, I'm just listening to you speak, you obviously, you're living yourself in this state all the time. Just talk a little bit to our our listeners about what that's like for you, just the way you live your life every day. It's It's a simple 
effortless, unexplainable, unreasonable way of being, where at the same time, I'm not choosing to live this way. In fact, the living of this is experienced as not really having any other alternative. So it's kind of a funny place when you find yourself living in this way where you actually don't have any other alternative. So what I could say as, as people are listening and going through all the different changes and upgrades and transformations is that when you come to a part of your life where you don't give yourself any other option but to make your soul's evolution your highest priority, which doesn't mean that you have to remove yourself from the roles and responsibilities of everyday life, it simply means that you are willing to recognize that every single thing that comes into your reality, whether the positions you're put in in your job, the roles that you play in your family, or whatever experiences you find yourself experiencing on a daily basis, that you're only attracting whatever situation is going to help you release what's there to be released, to realize what's here to be realized, to experience what's here to be experienced, simply so you can continue to live as you've never lived before. And so when you give yourself no other option or no other choice, but to make your soul's evolution the highest priority, as for me seemed to be the case from a very young age. I mean, even when I was eight and things were happening to me, directions would open up for me and I would know on a deep level without knowing why this is the only direction I'm going to go. And I didn't know why, but it was just the way it was. And so when we give ourselves no other option but to evolve, and that becomes the highest priority, and we're no longer using spirituality as a way of coping with the ups and downs of everyday life, we're no longer trying to fit spirituality into the tumultuous schedule of roles and responsibilities, but we actually see spirituality as the themes of why things are happening and that we are just here evolving as earth angels dressed up as individuals within the play of everyday life. Then you find yourself evolving in a direction to where you open up to a reality that requires no maintenance. And you find yourself experiencing an effortless freedom, an undeniable love, and a miraculous joy that isn't even chosen. It can't even be wanted because it can't even be pursued. It's just where life ends up when the only option you give yourself is to evolve and to see just how brightly the kingdom can shine when you surrender to all that you are. I just need to make a comment here, Matt, because I, I know, having worked with you before, that um, when you're speaking, there's an energy transmission that's coming with it's not just the words, it's the energy that comes with it. So I, I just had a little internal chuckle just then as you were doing that. So I know that there was a transmission that came through as you, as you were just talking then about the kingdom of light Yes, that, that, that sort of downloaded. So if you wouldn't mind just explaining again to our listeners, how, what, when you have an upgrade and a download, what is that like for you? So when I go through the download, usually I'm pretty aware that a download is occurring. Uh, the way I kind of describe is it's kind of like if you imagine people that are in uh, salons who have their hair underneath those big dryers. <laughs> I mean, that's just the best analogy I can give you, not that I spend a tremendous amount of time in salons. Um, but it, it's kind of like I feel like I'm a computer just being downloaded new information. And for me, a lot of times, depending upon how deep the download is going or how much is being downloaded, uh, and this is true for everyone, you may not know that you're downloading, but what what sign you may notice is that your immune system might be a little suppressed or compromised. Because when the immune system is suppressed or compromised, it's kind of like the body being influenced and told, 
by, by the soul or the higher self, that there's a lot of energy coming through, a lot of frequencies being downloaded. And whenever the immune system is compromised, it means the body is not being given the opportunity to function at full capacity because that would rob the body of the energy that is being used to bring the download through. So whenever I'm downloading, there's a lot of times where it may mimic cold symptoms or it may, I may feel like, oh, my immune system's a little low or I might feel just like I'm a little tired. And that's just my body telling me, or I'm getting the message of the body needs to rest and fully go through this download so that all the energy can be used to bring this through versus distributing the energy between the download and my everyday tasks. And so when I feel the download coming through, whenever that comes through randomly throughout the day or whenever it happens to be, I just kind of sit, I get comfortable. <laughs> A lot of times I'll just watch TV and just let the downloads happen, and I can just feel everything being downloaded, and as it comes through, I can usually tune in and kind of get to know all the new teachings and insights that are coming through, Sometimes I'll have holographic experiences where I'll see a screen project in front of me and I'll have beings, whether they're ascended masters or angels or beings from other star systems, having telepathic conversations with me. I'll be given information about the things I'm to do next week. And for me, this has kind of become a regular everyday thing where I talk to ascended masters, archangels, which, by the way, are just as much costumes of the divine as we are. So it's all just a play within the mind of God. But I have these kinds of experiences on a daily basis, just as often and regular as I see people walking down the street or as easily as I'm talking to you. And as I go through these downloads, once the energy starts to integrate, which means the download of what I'm receiving has been complete, and now the integration is really the assimilation of now what, what has been brought through is now assimilating into the cells of the body to become a living, fully expressed way of being that suppressed, compromised immune system, for me, starts to actually turn into uh, states of bliss, which for me is not something I attach meaning to and think, oh, the bliss, I've got to figure out to make this permanent. For me, the bliss is just telling me that what I've been downloading is now integrating and that the difference is just showing me that, oh, now I'm finally assimilating this into my energy field. And then from the days to come, this will probably be what in the transmission that I offer is being downloaded into all those who come to receive it. Earlier on, you mentioned, you mentioned in passing the fifth dimension. And can you give us some indication of what you mean by that? Yeah, the fifth dimension is not really a location that's separate from here. It's more of a point of view in which here is being uh, perceived. The fifth dimension is, because to think like the third dimension, the fourth and the fifth, we, we, we like to think of them as actually being separate places, but it makes it kind of, uh, it makes it more of into a difficult way of understanding. It's kind of like taking something metaphorical and making it literal. So if we think of sitting in a movie theater, you know, the third dimension is kind of like watching the movie with your eyes squinted. The fourth dimension is watching it with one eye full open and one eye closed. And the fifth dimension is what it's like to watch the movie with both eyes completely wide open. And so fifth dimension is just experiencing this moment from a perception of experience where we still see forms as being separate, meaning there's still a sense of individuality formed into the appearance and decorations of body. But we're fully consciously recognizing that all forms of individuality, all forms of diversity, are a celebration of unity, that unity is the space in which all appearances of individuality and diversity appear. And so life is celebrating a play of diversity and individuality 
only being celebrated, experienced, and witnessed by the unity, the one eternal space in which it all appears. Kind of like all the characters appearing on the screen, and yet no matter how separate the characters appear, they're all being equally played out and imagined by the screen in which they appear. Or they're all being witnessed by the one person in the theater who is neither limited or compromised by whatever behavior or actions happen on the screen. And so it's just a way in which we're beginning to live our life, being able to celebrate that diversity and individuality is really a celebration of unity and allowing us on an individual and a collective level to begin acting out and making choices from a space of unity, even while decorated in a world of never-ending diversity and individuality. So this is a time in the fifth dimension when we start to become integrated and living in that space of being, to where not only we realize unity as the truth of existence, not only we see that the form of individuality and diversity is a celebration of the unity of our true natural state, but we actually allow ourselves to make choices and make decisions that are only inspired by the naturalness and openness of the heart, so we can actually act from a place of unity while celebrating the joy of diversity without mixing one with the other or confusing one with the other. So Matt, we're coming up to our final break. It's a great point to break off. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I have with me today Matt Kahn. And before we go on, Matt, I'd love to get you to tell our listeners about your own information. I know that you do one-on-one sessions, lead satsangs and and retreats. So how can people connect with you? Well, for all the information about the satsangs, retreats, and individual sessions, uh, the website is truedivinenature.com. That's truedivinenature.com. And it includes many videos from the satsangs and retreats that we offer, some articles that have been written, and, of course, all the information about personal sessions, upcoming retreats, and really all the resources that are being offered to help everyone prepare and to evolve and to really integrate themselves into this fifth dimensional reality, not as if we have to hurry up and do it to miss the the deadline, <laughs> but as an opportunity to say that you are living 
in a reality where the field is the most open. And if you are sincere and interested in evolving and embodying your soul's highest potential and just seeing how absolutely miraculous this gift of life can be, then a resource such as what is being offered here that I offer graciously out of loving service to heal and awaken the hearts of all is offered so that anyone who is sincerely interested in simply stepping into that new way of being can be guided effortlessly and miraculously into that, into that realization. And you've got a retreat coming up at the end of February in uh, Portland. Absolutely. It's called the Heart of Surrender, and it's a five-day retreat where it's really an opportunity for, for anyone who is not only interested in awakening, but for, all, for a lot of us who are actually already going through the awakening. I say so many times, I'm not here because people should awaken. I'm here because people are awakening. And so this five-day retreat is an opportunity for those who are already awakening to really dive deeply into a space where they're fully supported by a group of beautiful, like-minded, open-hearted beings who are going through this exact transformation and to really take a five-day opportunity to not have to be distracted by the roles and responsibilities of everyday life and to really allow yourself to go as deeply as possible to, to, to make some of the largest leaps in consciousness and to heal and release some of these patterns and cellular memories that allows you to then return to your life in a brand new energetic frequency, which then, of course, allows all of the life that you're experiencing and all of the moments that you've experienced to transform and reflect back just as much of a miraculous reality as you've allowed yourself to shift and awaken to in such a retreat. So it's really an opportunity. And, and we're both Julie and I are blessed that there are so many that, that are coming from all over the world. We have people coming as far as Australia, even Canada, of course, and Kansas and California. And it's really exciting that we're really just bringing people from all over the world to have an opportunity to really explore on the deepest level the highest potential of consciousness and to really open up to what is really possible and knowing that all the work that we do individually is of course all the work that is simultaneously being done within all hearts because what is awakened and shifted in one is equally shifted for all so it's going to be a really great opportunity you know it's not only to invite others to experience what will transform their own personal life but to know that at the rate at which they transform their own life it is, of course, miraculously opening up the doors of potential for all beautiful hearts in all dimensions, time, and space. So that's www.truedivinenature.com. Yes. Right. So let's, let's just continue. I'd, I'd love to, because obviously you're getting information all the time, yes. uh, the latest update that you have about where things are in, in terms of the, the awakening and, and, the, and the fifth dimensional unfolding. And perhaps what you have been shown is a, a likely collective outcome for us this year in 2012. Yeah, it's interesting because there are many parallel dimensions that show the unfolding of many simultaneous possibilities for 2012. And so instead of me suggesting that this is what's going to happen, we have to look at it from the perspective of, there are many opportunities, many timelines, many possibilities of what's going to happen at the tail end of 2012 on December 21st. The question is, what are you in vibrational alignment with? So the work that I'm offering and the information that comes through is not to necessarily suggest this is what's going to happen in opposition or contrast to someone else who says differently. 
I'm here to remind everyone that all possibilities that everyone talks about are simultaneously existing, and that reality is not about one possibility or the other, but recognizing that, number one, I'm aware of all these different possibilities, and number two, when I find which possibility, which outcome, speaks to my heart on the deepest level and really excites me on the deepest level, the next question is, what deep soul work can be done so that I can come into vibrational alignment and allow myself to consciously experience the exact option and choice that resonates so deeply with my soul. And so what I really think is important is not only to know our options, but once you start to hear a possibility that really excites you, the question is, okay, now I'm here to do what I need to do so that I can allow the possibility that I'm open to recognizing to be welcomed into my living experience simply as a means of inviting me into the deep levels of transformation, simply as a way of celebrating how miraculous I already am. And again, to know that what we think up ahead as 2012, or December 21st, 2012, is much like watching a movie in a movie theater. We might be sitting in the movie theater watching a screen, and on the screen we're seeing the first five minutes of a movie, and we don't know how the ending's going to play out. But we can all recognize it even before we got to the theater, even as we're watching the first five minutes. The movie was already filmed and edited before we got there. And so in the same way, even before we got to this planet to have the experience, when I say this planet, I say this planet knowing and recognizing that Earth is just a multidimensional wallpaper hanging within the heaven you've never left. So none of us have really ever left heaven. We're all just having a very vivid costume party within heaven that makes it look like we're somewhere else called Earth. And we're all waiting and anticipating the unfolding of an experience called December 12, 2012, which has already unfolded in a multitude of ways, even though our conscious experience says we are awaiting the experience. But yet, like a movie, was already filmed and edited before the costume party of existence ever began. And so the real question is, we have to first look into our hearts and say, what miraculous possibility speaks the deepest to my heart and really, really starts to ignite the passion of my soul? And the next question is, am I willing to step forward and step fully into the light of transformation so that I can not only imagine that possibility, but step into the timeline that allows that possibility to be the one that I consciously experience simply as a celebration of how miraculous I already am. And when that choice has been made, many resources in the universe, such as the ones that I'm here to offer, will find their way into your life simply to offer you all that needs to be offered so that your journey into this transformation can be as effortless, miraculous, and fulfilling as the passion that you're for the first time possibly willing to follow wholeheartedly and without any further interruption. So I'm just here to serve those who are ready to step forward and say, yes, I understand there's a miraculous opportunity here, and I'm willing to be a part of it, not only as a gift for myself, but as a gift that serves the well-being of all. So Matt, that's the perfect end to this hour, which has gone incredibly quickly, and you've given us a wonderful insight into how we can be in this very, very wonderful time. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful time. Blessings to one and all. Blessings to you too. This one is one of the shows I have to listen to myself 
to fully uh, comprehend and understand this effortless freedom that Matt is talking about. My guest next week is Sherry Richards. She's going to be talking about dancing with your dragon. And this is a wonderful uh, synchronistic timing as we move into the year of the dragon next week. I hope you uh, enjoyed today's show as I did. It was just fantastic. Uh, Have a great week. We'll see you in a week's time. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tong for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network